You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm glad to stay tuned in our second half hour. Hey, I got some great news here for you on COVID-19, and it comes from that group out in Washington that has been studying uh, the trends and the patterns around ever since the uh, pandemic started. And what they're saying now is they do not see a return to a high hospitalization and fatality rate. They think that we're over that hump. You know, so many of us have been exposed to COVID-19, either through infection or vaccination, the Dr. Ali Mokad, the professor at the IHME, is now saying that um, they think that we're going to see a little bit of a rise, but, quote, it will not be as high as we've seen in the past. So, probably over the peak for deaths from COVID, and it's because so many of us have just been exposed to this thing, uh, either having had a previous infection or we've been vaccinated. And, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is watching the uptake of the new covalent vaccine so that the new version of the booster shot that has protection against a couple different variants omicron and some previous variants uh not that many people are on board do you know that only seven percent of eligible americans have gotten that new vaccine booster people just don't seem to be very concerned about it and i suppose that's a good thing it tells us that you know you're not that worried about covid you know enough people who are going through it that it's not that big a deal so one of the challenges that presents is how prevalent is this thing? Not a lot of people these days are going forward for formal testing. If you come down with the symptoms, you kind of uh, suspect it might be you probably do a little home test yourself or, or maybe just decide you're just going to get through without testing. So... How do we know what's going on? How widespread is the virus? Well, in Allen County, we are one of 20 in the state where they're actually testing sewage. So you you expel the virus every time you flush if you're infected. And so there is this thing called the Indiana Wastewater Dashboard, and you can go look at it yourself. And it measures the amount of virus that is being detected in sewage. And right now in Indiana, that the problem is pretty small. Only about 2% of hospital beds are filled by COVID patients. But on an overall basis, the amount of testing in the sewage, we are above the national average. 64% above the national average, the number of viral particles found per milliliter of sewage. So, I thought that was pretty interesting um, <laughs> that they're now testing sewage, not only in Indiana, but around the country to find out what's going on, simply because so many people just are not having the formal test. And it's a way for them to keep an eye on things and, and see, is there a big spike coming? Do hospitals need to be prepared? All that kind of thing. Pretty interesting. Over in England, they use something called the Zoe Symptom Tracker. And I thought this was really interesting. The number of symptoms that that are being reported. So if you you have what you think is COVID or you've tested positive for COVID over there, you use an app and you just tell the app, here's my symptoms. So it's a way for them to monitor on a large scale what's going on. Well, right now in England, COVID looks very much like a cold. So here are the key symptoms. It's sore throat, headache, 
runny nose, and sneezing. So those are the main symptoms being reported from people positive for COVID. So of course that sounds, that could be almost anything, right? Any kind of a cold or flu sort of thing. So one of the most important findings there though is this, only 16% of cases these days are reporting a shortness of breath. And that's a big deal because that is the primary symptom that was sending people to the hospital, right? That's an indication, according to experts, that we, our bodies, our immunity, everything is adapting so that this thing is not hitting us and hitting our respiratory systems as hard as it was before. It's just not as dangerous to us as it had been. Good news across the board on what's going on with COVID. But keep an eye on it. Let's watch that. We sure will. The new variants, they're looking like they're not as nasty as was feared. All of that sounds pretty positive. You know, so much, though, of what we thought we knew about COVID had been wrong. Of course, we were told there wasn't much chance that this thing was airborne. So, you know, we were wiping down everything in sight. We brought you interviews with people who said, no, that's probably not the appropriate action. And now looking back, yes, those people were correct. It is airborne. Should have been warned about that from the get-go, but the WHO and the other organizations, the CDC, they weren't on board with the aerial spread proved to be wrong. One of the other things that there's been a lot of debate about is where did this thing come from? Well, just this week, a U.S. Senate committee issued a report that took a look at several different factors, and now there's more evidence that this thing probably came from that lab in Wuhan, China. The reporting has been accompanied not only by this Senate committee, but a group called ProPublica. And I can tell you from history, they are far from being a conservative organization, but they've studied the communication that was going on within the Chinese government. And they now are pretty well convinced that something happened in October of 2019 at the lab in Wuhan, something critical, something serious, and that it got enough attention within the Chinese government, the communication all went all the way to the very top and reached Chairman Xi. Chairman Xi Jinping, he got involved in that process. So that is an indication that something weird was going on in the lab. That is a factor for this conclusion by some people that, yes, it was a lab leak. That's where this thing come from. Another indication is in the morphology of the virus. The SARS-CoV-2 virus didn't behave like the other coronaviruses that came before it. It came out and hit us already pre-adapted to humans. And there are some virologists who are questioning all of that, saying, hey, if, if this thing developed in the wild and then spread to the wet market, like we were told, well, you would see that path of virus mutation in some animals, in wild animals called the animal reservoir. And you just don't see that out there. So what's going on? That's another clue. They think, some people think, that this thing did come out of the Wuhan virus. So that was emphasized by some that I've been following closely through this whole pandemic, Dr. John Campbell. He is a medical professor in England. He publishes a daily no-nonsense fact-based report about the pandemic. And here's what he has to say about that Senate report and some of the evidence about how the virus developed. This like hit the ground running, as it were. It's like, it's like it was fully formed. Well, we don't get fully formed viruses. There has to be an evolutionary process unless it came from human manipulation. So that is further evidence there. It was already very well suited for human-to-human -human transmission that started early. We need to know 
what went wrong. Otherwise, the next time a pandemic comes along, where the virus is probably 50 or 100 times more deadly, we need to get it right straight away. Not this faffing around for months like happened with this one. The human race made a complete pig's ear of the, the initial management of this virus. Um, we need to get it right next time because we were fortunate, in inverted commas, that the, although this viral is lethal for some, it could have been lethal for many, many more. Um, Middle East respiratory syndrome, for example, the, the, the lethality is about, the, the death rate is about 50% and the infection fatality rate is way higher. And, and this could be what the next virus is. It could be a very, very much more lethal virus that could kill half of humanity. Now, this, this sounds like hyperbole, but it's actually not. The bubonic plague killed 40 to 60 percent of the European populations it infected. Um, a new virus could potentially do the same unless we get it right next time. And that means we have to learn from this one. Yeah, isn't that the truth? So here's where we're at again. Just a quick recap. Uh, we are looking here at an estimated case fatality right now of 0.2%. 0.2%. So the good news is COVID appears to be less of a dangerous threat to us than it had been last winter. That continues as we go forward. I've got a question here that came up uh, following our segment with uh, Dr. Wegman. How much vitamin D should you be taking each day? Well, we'll to jump into that and then also take a look at how do you tell a patient that they're not likely to survive, that they're likely to die? That's coming up on the Health Call Radio Hour here on WoWo. Podcasts by Federated Media.